0: Shall we begin? Let's begin now. All right, everybody. Welcome back to a brand new episode of the Frankly Francisco podcast. I am your host, Francisco. Today, we have a special guest. This young lady is so creative. Um, I had to get her on the show. Just the creativity that she has and the things that she creates, uh, it, it created a fascination for me that I wanted to know more as to how she came about doing the things that she's doing. I want to introduce you to Clara Manfredi. How we doing today, Clara? All right. How are you? Good. So you create monsters. It, yep. it, <laughs> <laughs> it might sound a little weird to people, but she creates monsters. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do?
1: I sculpt art dolls that are monsters, but they're more like on the Jim Henson end of monster spectrum. So like monsters you'd want to be friends with.
0: (laughs) So uh, when did this creativity for you to do this come about?
1: I have sculpted pretty much my whole life, but it was just like a a hobby. And I was actually in school to be a medical assistant and my study partner's it's like this friends of friends of friends, family, friends, 11-year-old daughter, losing their, yeah, had a form of lupus that was impacting her ability to see and she was going blind. And she was a really neat kid and like her only complaint was that she couldn't keep seeing her two-dimensional art. And I thought, I can make something that she can keep enjoying even after she can't see two D yard anymore. So the first one was this just goofy, weird looking alien bunny with exaggerated features and lots of different textures and different fabrics. The second one was an owl for my mom, because, you know, we don't tell our moms no. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> tell mom no. Mom wanted an owl, she got an owl. Uh, and then it just kind of started growing from there. And now this is 10 years since the first one I made it made, and this is going to be my third year full time.
0: So you've gone from it being a hobby to your full time business. Yeah. Um, for you, what was that point that you knew that this could be something that you can do every day, all day, and you can move away from that nine to five?
1: Um, just before, you know, the whole world shut down, I did my taxes twenty nineteen and I crunched the numbers and I had sold thirty thousand dollars in art. Um, you know, obviously after write offs and show fees. That's That's not what I actually brought home, but $30,000 in art was like, holy crap, maybe I can make this work. Um, And then the whole country got shut down, and I was actually sent into isolation a good two weeks before everyone else because I was on heavy-duty immunosuppressants, and they weren't sure how that was going to impact whether or not I was going to be safe. So my immunologist sent me into isolation a full two weeks before everyone else went in. and I was lucky. I was very lucky. I had a lot of financial help from people that I knew. And we coasted through and we came out of it. And I was still kind of in the same place I was when I went in. And I thought, well, if I'm okay and we're not backsliding, why go back to the part-time job? So I just didn't go back.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, just the sheer numbers that you did at 30000 a lot of people, some people don't make that in a year. Uh, yeah. and, and you were able to uh, do that in sales, which is phenomenal. What do you think is the fascination with, with monsters and people? Like, you know, it's it's amazing that people are fascinated with monsters, e- you know, scary movies, even friendly monsters. There's just a, a, a good infatuation. What do you think that comes about from? Um,
1: I think there's a lot of things that play into it. For For me and a lot of people in my generation who grew up on, like, Jim Henson and The Dark Crystal, my work really appeals on um, kind of um, like a base level. Like, it takes them back to when they were kids. Um, So I have that going for me. I don't, you know, I used to love horror movies in my 20s, and then I had a kid, and I just don't get them anymore. <laughs> like, I'm like, oh, the road is dark and violent, and I don't want anything to do with it. I this total perspective shift after I had my son, but um, so like my goal with, with the monsters is to bring kind of some magic and some whimsy to people that we don't necessarily get in day-to-day life because it's a hard world out there. So if I can make somebody smile and make them forget that things kind of suck for a little while, it's kind of, it's a good thing to do.
0: I mean, that's awesome. You, you have a purpose behind what you do. Some people just do things just for the money, but other people do things because they have a purpose behind it. And it seems like you pretty you have a good purpose in what you're doing. Take me behind the creative process of what it takes for you to create one of these these dolls that you have. Um, how long is the process? How long does it take you to think about what kind of design you want to make this time? Does it just come to you? Or is there, you know, you look at things and you piece everything together. Uh,
1: sometimes I just wake up and I know what I'm going to do. Um, I don't know where it comes from on those days. I just wake up and start working. Sometimes it's something will make me think of a design. Like I found these ridiculously fuzzy pipe cleaners and they looked like they would make really great antenna for something. And the something ended up being these guys. Nice. (laughs) I was like, oh, those would be great antenna. Um, I was dual majoring in horticulture and i was zeroing in on actually mycology which i really love and i'm really obsessed with like fungus and what they can do so a lot of my stuff is like fungus mushroom moss themed there's a lot of things that are plant themed because like i'm I'm a plant nerd (laughs) um you know like i like spiders so i make these huge spiders that are like big enough they could eat a 12 year old kid (laughs) um so it just depends on how I'm feeling on any given day. I have kind of a what I jokingly refer to as the regular lineup um, that I make all that I always have with me for shows and online. I have like Mothman, Plague Doctors, and like kind of a set group of monsters that I make all the time. And then I have other things that I make that are one-offs, that I'm never gonna make another one. And a lot of those guys are huge huge and they're like decked out in crystals and they have like full crowns and head pieces and they're like wow. creepy. um and those guys like i'm always shocked because they sell before i'm even finished a lot of the time and i'm always like are you sure Because this, this is like a thousand dollar mo- like monster and you just sent me the money and you don't even know what it's gonna look like when it's done <laughs> but i'm always amazed at how many people are just like they have faith in what I do, and they just are willing to let me run wild
0: with it. <laughs> but I, I think it's brilliant that you just wake up and boom, the thoughts in your head already. Uh, it must be something self consciously that happens while you're sleeping, where the thoughts, you know, get into the head. You a lot of different images mix in, and you get up and you're ready to go. Listen, that's a gift. A lot of people don't have that. A lot of people have to, you know, grind it out. And and but it's a special thing when you can get up and that creativity just turns on for you. So in that process of of making what you make. Do you hand make all your own dolls or is there, or do you have manufacturing yet or is it just self self self-made?
1: So it's all one at a time.
0: Really? Um,
1: Yeah. I don't use molds. So every single thing that's floating around out there started as a lump of clay and a yard of fabric. And I just run with it.
0: (laughs) So typically depending on the size, usually it takes you uh, how many days to produce one, two, 10, 20, it depends.
1: I started working in kind of batches. So like I'll make 16 at a time or 20. Depend, if I have a big show, I could really push and do like 30. I think I topped out at 35, 38 in a week. But that's like pulling 10, 11 hour days <laughs> like to end up with that by Sunday.
0: Wow. That's amazing. Sure. But I, I mean, listen, <laughs> that's a lot of work. I mean you you're you're sitting there I mean but being full time going full time is I mean it kind of makes things a little bit easier for you to do that but at the same time being a mom sometimes th- things can get thrown off for you when you're uh when you're trying to create stuff so how do you balance that time between being a mother and being a businesswoman that you are
1: It's been relatively easy um my kid is is autistic and ADHD and he is of the more independent variety like he would prefer that i just leave him alone so he's always even when he was little always wanted to do his own thing and he really only comes to me if he needs something so like he will and he's 15 now so he never wants me for anything
0: <laughs> hey trust me i know i have a 60 about to be a 60 right? year old the same way
1: like there's a point where they hit and they just are like if i could just be left alone in my room with my computer exactly i'd have to eat i'm happy <laughs> But he will still he still runs up the stairs periodically and he'll come up and be like, Mom. And I'm like, what? He'll be like, have a hug. And then he'll just disappear and I will see it again. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so do you want to stay independent at some point or do you want to get picked up by a manufacturing company? Or you just want to stay like you are right now, you know, artisan, doing the work yourself, getting your hands dirty, getting in there? Or would you like at some point for this to be mass produced?
1: I think that I want to stay doing what I'm doing. Um, I think it takes away from the individuality of them if it's being produced by a mold on a machine and you know like there's a lot of polymer clay artists which is the material I use who will buff out and shine everything so you don't see any fingerprints I don't do that every doll that's out there has my fingerprints on it so it's kind of a way of being like I was here I made this a person did this for you one at a time
0: so you just um, create. Essentially, you just created your own Picasso, you, you, you have your signature on there without realizing you have your signature on there because you have your fingerprints on it. It's your creation. So yes. if somebody tries to steal from me, you know, listen, I created this. My, m- literally, my, my DNA, my fingerprints are on there. You know what I mean? It's, it's amazing People stuff. Before,
1: and it's, you know, I don't, I don't bother getting mad about it because everybody, one, everybody starts somewhere. And two, they're not going to touch what I'm doing. It took 10 years to get to this point. And by the time they get to this point, I'm going to be somewhere else. Nice. You know, like, I, I don't worry about it that much.
0: <laughs> so tell me about the shows. Uh, tell me about these trade shows. How many times a year do you go out to these shows? How long do they typically last? How many days? Uh, I mean, how, how, is, how is that atmosphere?
1: Um, It depends on the show. The local shows are more like crafting shows. Mm-hmm. The bigger shows are comic cons and conventions. So the small shows can be one to two days, especially the holiday shows are typically two-day shows. Um, the bigger conventions can be three to four days. So, but I'm and trying to get to a point where one big convention every month.
0: So tell me about the Comic-Cons, because that can be a wild, wild place. Like, it, does placement matter where you are, or is everybody's going to come by the booth one way or another? Depends.
1: Um Like I've done shows where they really, because I'm always, I always end up being an artist alley. And if they place artist alley well, it's great. The one year they put artist alley in this weird place where like nobody could find us. And I had people like messaging me, like I am looking for you and I can't find the artist alley. Cause it was just such a random out of the way place where they put us that I spent like the whole weekend just kind of being like, nobody's here. <laughs> like I knew there were thousands of people like 50, 60 feet away, but we were blocked off in such a way they could not find us. <laughs> so,
0: so have you ever thought about getting a runner? Like somebody that's just, while you're there, they'll go around trying to bring people over to the booth, things like that, like flyers and stuff like that. How, how, do, you get, how do you get your customers to come to you? How, how, do, how long did it take you to build your customer base?
1: because I didn't pay for any advertising ever. I've never have. So it's all been really organic. It's been like one person at a time, telling somebody else, telling somebody else, telling somebody else. When I'm going to be at a show, I start advertising maybe four days before the show with, you know, this is my table. This is the show. This is where it's located. Um, So when I'm in a city where people don't normally get to see me, they can find me more easily. And because, you know, buying, Buying at a show is a lot less expensive after you account for shipping, if you can find me.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. So, are you on any uh, platforms uh, that you advertise your business on? I mean, because there's a lot of free places where you can advertise your business.
1: I am on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I have a TikTok account that I really need to utilize more. I do stop videos with the monsters on TikTok. Oh, nice. Um, so those are like the big three that I use. And then, you know, like, I have a dedicated, it's so weird to me now that I have, like, a dedicated fan base. Like, I have people who collect every new type of monster. Like, they have China chemists devoted to just, that's where it all goes. Wow. And, like, for the first time, it's a three, gosh, no. The pandemic's thrown me off. There's, like, two missing years in my brain. But, like, the last really big show I did um, that my helper, Magpie, was at, It was like it was a little creepy because somebody like straight up fan girl screamed when they saw the table, and I just kind of bailed, and I just left Magpie to run the table. (laughs) Like I can't deal with this.
0: (laughs) But that's awesome, though the fact that you have people that get excited to see your stuff. You, your creations mean something to somebody. You can't ask for something better. And I know sometimes things like that can be overwhelming because I know you're just trying to create. You're just trying to create something that you enjoy doing and you want to give it to the world. But when you have a fan base, you have a fan base. People will people, people will come to your shows. People will find you if you have something new, which tells me that you put out quality work. And, and I think that's what it's about. Anybody can, you know, produce something and just throw it out there. You handcraft every single thing you do. It's a passion that you put into it. But for you, what has been the biggest pain point for the business as a whole for you? What has been the biggest issues you found doing what you're doing?
1: Um, I would say my health. My health is a big problem because I have arthritis and I have some chronic illnesses. And there are some days where like, I just can't do what I want to do. Um, and traveling is always a little unnerving because yeah. when I'm away from home, that means I'm in an unfamiliar city with unfamiliar medical personnel and an unfamiliar hospital that doesn't have my records. So if I have a flare and I'm on the road, it can be kind of scary to have to, like, go to a hospital where they don't know me. Um, So that can be unnerving. Thankfully, my fiance is traveling with me now, and it's a lot less scary to travel when I'm not alone. Because he can handle the table. He can get me where I need to go. If I'm too sick to leave the hotel room, he can go do what needs done, and he's amazing at it. So...
0: It's great having somebody in your corner that knows the situation is willing to step in and, you know, help you when needed. So kudos to him for, you know, doing the the things that need to be done to be able to help you continue to grow in, in what you're doing. So for you, what is the elevation? What is the next step in your business? Do you have anything else that you want to accomplish while doing this? Or is there any other sectors of business that you want to get into, um, to try to, you know, elevate your portfolio and the things you're doing?
1: Um, I have a store in Indiana that I sell through. I'd like to pick up maybe one or two more stores, but it's hard to keep up on during the show season because I sell so much at shows that it makes it hard to keep up on inventory for stores. Mm. I think like the big thing for me would be start to, to start doing bigger shows, maybe a little further away from home. So this year I am scheduled to be in Philadelphia and Chicago. I am applying to the New York Comic Con. Um, so hopefully that goes well and I get in. So I'm going to start trying to do bigger shows, new cities that I haven't been to, and see where that takes
0: me. That's awesome. I mean, expanding out is where, you know, you can get new clientele, people that you haven't seen before. And then you're still going to see, you know, the same people. Some people are going to come find you wherever you are. If you're going to Comic-Con, they go to Comic-Con because they want to see what you have. So do you unveil brand new things at these particular shows? Do you tease them online at all? Or you just wait till you get there?
1: I, when I'm unveiling new things, I usually do it in the beginning of the year. I come up with a couple of new designs, like every year, and sometimes things that people are just are I already showed her. Thank you. <laughs> like monsters at me. <laughs> um, I usually do that at, like in January because I have January and a good portion of February where I don't have shows typically. Because the February shows don't start till later in the month. So I have about a month and a half where I just work on making new inventory and coming up with new monsters. Um, so this year, one of the new monsters was this little moth one that I showed you earlier. Mm-hmm. And I actually redesigned and brought back an old favorite um, and made it a bit smaller and a more affordable size. So, because the last time I made them, they were much bigger and they were like $400. So this
0: year they're a little, they're like $150 guys. Look at these guys. They're oh wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so typically so typically how much do the how much do they weigh? Cause you said you work with, with clay, correct?
1: So the clay is heavy. Um and in order to get them to stand upright, I have to counterweight the bottoms. So there's a the big guys like that weigh
0: just over three pounds
1: wow yeah which can drive up shipping costs so i'm always like i always tell people i'm like if you're wanting one of these guys right here at the table you're gonna save yourself money if you just get it down. <laughs> because shipping these guys can cost with how much they weigh
0: so you handle all the shipping yourself right you get an order in you take care of all the shipping you send everything out um do you have uh like any any contracts or anything with like UPS or FedEx that help drive the, lower the cost for you?
1: I do all my online sales through Shopify, and Shopify has a deal with nice. all the major shipping. So that's how I do my shipping labels. Um, but yeah, everybody gets packaged here. I have a whole stack of little stickers because I like to decorate the outside of the boxes. <laughs> for a while, when John was little and actually wanted to be involved with things. He would draw with a sharpie marker all over the box
0: sharks dinosaurs got nice <laughs> it's that it's that personal touch that you give them too it's just not because to me it's one of those things where it can be generic but you're not you're you're, you're like i said you want to give everybody a personal touch because these things are done by hand these are creations that are done by you um so it's like it's making the, the dolls for you a form of therapy is it therapeutic for you to get these things done
1: I think it's therapeutic in that I'm home and I can, my dog is super old. My kid is special needs. I don't have the best health and it's nice to be able to be home because I can handle anything that comes at me and still get my work done. You know, there's, I've had days where like I've come home from the hospital and just sat in bed and I have a tray in bed and I can work there or I can take my hand sewing. I've taken my sewing to the ER with me before.
0: Wow. You are dedicated. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is dedication. <laughs> I don't know because if I'd like, be doing that. Well,
1: I mean, when you're sick like this, you you know you're gonna be there well and you know you're yeah. gonna be bored. And why should I waste the time when I could just take it with me?
0: I mean, that's awesome. That's I mean, that's strong will though. Listen, even with the with issues that you have and and the adversities that you're dealing with, you still manage to stay passionate about what you do. And I think that's why you're successful. And I think that's why you'll continue to be successful. It's just one of those things you can't teach. When you have a passion for something, you're, especially creativity is, is one of those big things where you know you want to keep creating and you want to keep putting stuff out there. Your will is going to help you get there, whether you're down and out, whether you're not feeling well, you'll still find a way to create. And that's what you're doing. And I commend you for that. It's a beautiful thing. You're, I mean, it's awesome to see that you're able to balance out all the negative with the positive stuff. And it's, it's created a a base for you to continue to grow in the business that you're doing right now. Listen, you're getting ready to expand out. You're getting ready to go to shows you haven't been before, which is awesome to me. It just shows that you're, your willingness to grow as a artist and grow as a businesswoman, because that's what you are. You own your own small business. You can't ask for anything better than that. You're an in, You're independent. You make your own money in business. You're not working for somebody. You're working for yourself. And I think that's the goal for everybody. And not everybody can be a boss but you have managed to be your own boss. And I commend you for that hundred percent.
1: Yeah. It's um, when you work for yourself, it's, it's more than full time. You're always, you're always working. If I can't sleep, I'm answering emails. I'm doing running social media, I'm updating the shop, I'm making things, I'm sewing things, I'm sculpting things like it never really stops. <laughs> and periodically I'll be like, okay, I'm going to take today off, but it's inevitable that by like halfway through the day, I'll be like, Oh, but I should do this one thing. And then the one thing turns into two things and that turns into three things. And then the day off didn't happen, but it's, you know, you're always working.
0: So besides the, uh, the new shows that you're expanding out to, um, you're, you created a new creature. So you typically create new creatures, what it takes you a couple months to think of something, or, you know, it can Um, take up to a year. How long does it take for you to to, to create?
1: pipe cleaners to making the new monsters in three days wow. so like i knew it was going to be moths have fuzzy so my brain was like oh look these would make great antenna moths have fuzzy antenna moth monster new moth monster and then deciding what to do from there so so do, you,
0: so do you use a clay oven how do you dry the how do you dry the clay
1: um the polymer clay can be cooked actually in a conventional oven
0: really Huh? I did not know that like I'm, I'm not you know I don't work with clay so I always thought you need a clay oven to put it in you know when these kids work in school in high school and they're creating these little ashtrays and little things they put them in the oven to dry
1: that's a ceramic clay which is a clay that is an earth-based clay ah. and you would kiln for that which is actually what I started with years ago when I first started sculpting I made my bathroom sink and it's it's ceramic and that had to be fired in a kiln um This is a polymer clay, which is a plastic-based clay that can be cured in your oven. That's awesome. And usually, it's not toxic, but it does have an odor. So what I try to do is get it started Monday morning so that it doesn't smell up the house for everyone else. So, like, I try to do all of my sculpting Monday, get everything in the oven. By Monday evening, I'm typically already starting to paint what I put into the oven that morning. And then... While well, it's cooking, because I cook them for like two hours, while they're cooking, I'm cutting the fabric for their bodies.
0: So, where do you do you buy your fabric at wholesale? Do you go, or you just go to like a place like Michaels or in, in Ohio, Packitans, place like that to get your fabrics?
1: You can't get good fabrics locally. Um, I order online. I order from a couple different fabric companies, and recently, in the last four years, the fabric companies that I order through. Started also selling through Amazon, which is really nice because it used to take two weeks to get my fabric, and now I can order with Amazon Prime from the same companies and get it in a day. Nice. So it's not. Like, but it used to be like I there was a specific white fabric that I was ordering from Australia.
0: Wow! Really?
1: <laughs> yeah, they don't make it anymore. I'm so I'm so excited about it because it was like it was really beautiful. <laughs>
0: So do you have do you keep everything in uh, storage? Do you have like a storage area where you keep all, all the dolls? I mean, because I know you have to have um, you have to have uh, some uh, inventory stored up. Like, do you keep a certain set amount for each monster that you create on hand?
1: Yes, I try to keep eight of the small guys and two of the big guys of mm-hmm. any one thing on hand all the time. Um And then the small I do little tiny sculptures too. And I carry, keep eight, eight of each of those guys on hand all the time.
0: So when you're at the shows, people can actually uh, pre-order them, correct?
1: Um, I don't do a lot of, like, I, it's direct sales at shows. People buy straight from the show. Sometimes people ask me about custom orders. It almost never comes to anything. Because um, everybody wants to talk to you about the custom order they want, but not a lot of people are willing to put the money into it. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't do a lot anyways because like it has to be really specific and catered to what I do. Um, Like I don't, I will not make licensed characters. I don't do direct portraits. I'm not a portrait artist. Um, So the customs that I do take on tend to be people who are like, I had a girl who was like, I want a white monster with a yellow Mohawk dressed like Link. which was a really fun project because I had to figure out how to make links outfit work on the monsters that I make.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Hey, people's, Hey, people's uh, minds and creativity is boundless. It's just how they can, you know, it's, um, money talks sometimes. If you can create mm-hmm. something, you can create it, but it's going to cost you. You're not, you're not just paying for, you know, not just paying for the doll you're paying for my time, my effort. And the work that you do is hand it's, it's done by hand. It's artisan work and it's unique. Cause not a lot of people are doing what you're doing. You're, you know, your niche market is your niche market. I, I don't see a lot of people creating the type of things that you're creating right now. And that's, that's brilliant. That's a great thing to have.
1: I've never seen this before. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so listen, I want to thank you for coming on the show. Uh, it was a great conversation. I wish you nothing but continued success. I Listen, you've been doing it for 10 years and it's already, I mean, you're already the last three years working on your own and and being your own boss, which I think is going to be phenomenal for the future for yourself. Uh, and you continue to set goals for yourself and you're achieving them. Um, where can everybody find you again? One more time.
1: I am on Instagram. I'm on Facebook, and I'm on TikTok. It's free.
0: So again, folks, uh, I'll leave you with a, with what I always leave you with. No matter what anybody tells you, if you found your purpose live it. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, We'll have you back again.
1: Thank you.